2: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio, on their Nothing But Net channel every single weeknight at 7 p.m. Also, check us out on Five Reasons YouTube before floor, an hour before every game. Post up 5R, actually, as we speak, that's going on right now. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. You'll get all of our content throughout the week on all the South Florida teams. You can also find written content on the South Florida teams at fivereasonsports.com. Spell that one out. That does not have a paywall. Also check out the great sponsors of the five reasons sports network. So many of our sponsors are here and local That includes CPT of South Florida, which has been providing small and medium businesses with the technology they need for decades. They specialize in cloud hosts and phone systems and managed it reach out to TJ. Again, you'll deal with the owner-manager here, not with a salesperson. Reach out to TJ. He'll give you the promotion. He mentioned five reasons. 25% off cloud phone service, including free phones and the first two months of service. Free, again, deal with an owner, not a sales rep. TJ can be reached at 954-966-2766. That's 954-966-2766. Or just browse the site, cpt-florida.com. Again, you need a cloud phone system so you can work from anywhere on any device. So, again, it's CPT of South Florida. You can find them at CPT-florida.com. And now, tonight's episode.
1: Yikes. Five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Wait, here's he the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, ran bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Check the floor plan, got it all banned. Y'all seen the block, Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's have the
3: guts. we here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up.
0: Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA, featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network.
2: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on Five on the Floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can find him at Greg Sylvander on Twitter. You can also find Brady Hawk at Brady Hawk305 on Twitter. The Miami Heat lose at the buzzer tonight. Weird game um, that followed a lot of the script that we thought it might follow where Atlanta sort of came out stronger. That was something that was anticipated in game three. Miami took control of this game with kind of a masterclass third quarter from P.J. Tucker and Bam Adebayo defensively. They got scoring from Butler in the first. They got scoring from Hero in the second. And they got Max Shrews having his best game of the series but they also got a Kyle Lowry injury that we don't believe is serious. We'll talk more about that later, but that kept him out of the fourth quarter. And they got back to the same problems that they've had over and over that we've discussed during the season. We said it was going to cost them a game at some point. Let's hope for their sake it's only one, which is that down the stretch, particularly without Kyle Lowry, they don't know where to go with the damn ball. Okay. And this happened at the end of the game again, and it turned into Jimmy Butler taking two contested fall away shots at the end, a consistent problem throughout this season. Wasn't just him though. Tyler hero, you know, wasn't great in the fourth quarter. Um, Gabe Vincent was kind of unplayable tonight, which was a bit of a concern, which was one of the reasons they didn't go with a point guard late um, other than putting Gabe in on defense. But, Brady, I'll start with you tonight because we've discussed the sort of the late-game issues and whether it was going to get them. What happened?
0: Well, I think, for one, it it was a lot of the things that we've talked about, and I think a lot of that was patched up uh, because they spaced out a lot more in their lineups before uh, when they had Kyle Lowry. They didn't have P.J. Tucker closing a lot of these games offensively, uh, and when you don't have Kyle Lowry out there, you put the ball in the hands of Jimmy, and it ends up kind of in those jumpers. Uh, I said before that final play, I was like, this is probably going to be a Jimmy jumper, but it, it really shouldn't be. Like, there has to be a play they can get to where they either – if they want to get the ball in the hands of Jimmy, and this is something we've talked about. Get the ball in the hands of Jimmy because you have four seconds. So you don't have 1.4. You have 4.4 seconds. Get the ball in the hands of Jimmy. Try to make a play with him as, on the, as a driver – If they want to double, then you kind of have a bam or somebody to slip and try to just get somebody in the middle of the floor to try to hit a shot when you're only down one. Um, But my biggest problem wasn't the final shot, because honestly, I I saw that coming in a lot of ways. My bigger problem was the play before that, not the Trey Young floater, the one before the Trey Young floater, where they forced a miss. Now they have the ball. They kind of have control the end of the game. It looks like everything's looking good. Now they're kind of just going through the motions, waiting until there's six seconds on the clock to try to create something. And then it's Jimmy Butler with a wild fadeaway contested mid range jumper right inside the three point line that allows Trey Young to go in the other direction. So that's what led to this. Like, it, in my opinion, it's just not the inbound that, that should be talked about. It should be that. That's the late game offense that's problematic. That when I think this team plays for the shot clock too often, like they don't play for the best shot. They just say, okay, we're going to create when there's six seconds left and we're just going to get whatever comes. Like, if there's a good shot, especially if you're known to be a team that is not great late game, if there's a shot with 12 seconds on the shot clock and you have an open lane, take that shot, and then you go and play defense that you revolve your team around up three points. Like, so uh, that kind of stood out to me. Like, Jimmy Butler had good moments in this game, but just the late game stuff, when Kyle Lowry's not on the floor, like, it definitely stands out. And I think also I do want to say – Tyler Hero should probably have the ball there in that inbound. Like, I don't think that's crazy to say either. Even though Jimmy hit a pretty wild three, fadeaway three in that corner to get them in that position. Four seconds left, down one. Tyler Hero needs the ball right
3: there. I couldn't agree more. I think that there's a couple of things. I'm glad that you fast tracked right to the end of the game because if you look at overall throughout the game, the Heat got up 13 more field goal attempts. They shot 45 threes. They need to chill. They out-rebounded Atlanta by nine. So there's a lot of things um, that point to the Heat having some advantages. And to your point, it's like they stopped running offense late. And I think that we are approaching the time where it doesn't need to be that they hand the keys to Tyler every possession late, but I think just the element of surprise, like on the broadcast, I think it was JJ Redick who started out as they were coming out of the timeout saying, well, this is going to Jimmy Butler. Well, we all knew that. Well, how about Jimmy Butler doesn't take that same fadeaway shot kind of falling out of bounds. It just wasn't a good shot. And I just feel like that there's probably a set an out of timeout set that you could run to get anyone a clearer look than that was. And I just feel like, um, Time and time again, we see this, and I don't know if it's more Spo just saying, give it to Jimmy and get out of the way, or Mm. if it's Jimmy kind of doing that on his own as the play develops.
2: I'm not stunned that it happened the game after Jimmy had 45. You know, I, I feel like that plays into this, and it's funny because we were texting during the game, and there's a lot of stuff to get to in this game that was interesting And we are going to get to it after the break, but we did want to start at the end because the end is what matters. These are playoff games. And we talked about this, like it's going to cost them eventually. okay? Um, but we, we talked about it. Jimmy was a little after the first quarter and after obviously, you know, he took the hit early. He was he was kind of passive for good stretches of this game, but it doesn't matter how passive he is. He's going to grab the reins at the end. And you're right. We don't really know a hundred percent, whether it's him or whether it's Spolstra, just deferring to him. And it's like the old Wade thing. And I'll live and die with Dwayne Wade at the end of the game. And even when he said the other day, you know, Dwayne, you know, Jimmy has a lot of those Dwayne qualities. J- Spol looks at, at Jimmy like that, but it, it, there were other issues here though. And I'm with both of you guys on both of those two shots, particularly this the penultimate shot, the second, the last one, but, but the other issues here are, you know, they can't get into offense without Kyle in these situations. So it doesn't seem to matter who it is. I, you know, Tyler was a little loose with the ball again at times in the fourth quarter, which makes it harder to turn it over to him. Gabe was bad tonight. We just got to acknowledge that. Like he was not good. Like as good as he was in game two, he was that bad tonight. He was kind of unplayable offensively. It wasn't just the shooting, and so I know what's happening here. And because it was already happening, play all the depot, but you're not putting Vic in that situation in that spot. Okay. It's not going to happen. So, you know, the, the option was to get space. Struce was the guy, not Robinson that was going well tonight. So he was going to play there, but you're right, Brady. It's, it's a weird thing with PJ because, P.J. to me was their best player tonight. I mean, P.J. turned the game around in the third quarter. He also made the, the critical three from the corner, which put them ahead. So I, I'm not going to be critical of P.J. Tucker tonight. They wouldn't have been in this game without him. But you're right. Down the stretch of these games, he's not the ideal option to have out there. It just gives you one fewer guy that can create something. Um, and then, you know, we have to acknowledge also, and I, I will do the more of this the second part of the episode, there's no reason to count on BAM offensively in this series. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. He's not looking for it. Um, they're not looking for him. He's not looking for it. So you, you weren't really going to run hero BAM pick and roll there, like getting BAM involved in the action. Like I, I don't feel like that was going to go anywhere anyway. Right. So, you know, I, again, I, I, I hate the Jimmy Butler fadeaways in those situations, but I also say what were the options like they, they didn't they weren't really running anything, Brady, that that was going to work.
0: Yeah, I think Tyler is kind of the answer to that, like that he is the option. But I will say, for one, P.J. Tucker was the best player probably for them tonight, and that should be said first. But when there's four seconds left, I don't really see the reason to put him in there. Like, I understand before that because he had it going. He had some crucial offensive rebounds. You could do some other stuff with him. But when there's four seconds left and he's not a movement shooter, they're going to dip up off of him and they could probably double Jimmy like they kind of did. I have to rewatch that play again, but there's different things you can do there that it just makes it a lot harder. And I think about Jimmy, it, it's also, there was a play before that thinking about the PJ Tucker corner three that kind of put them up one, Jimmy drives to the middle lane. They doubled Jimmy because Bogdanovich kind of crossed over to double and wait kind of, Uh, Wait for him by the rim. He scoops in, kicks it out to PJ BJ. It's the three. That's when everything works is when we talked about this so many times, when it gets into those late game possessions or later game possessions, they don't go to the driving kicks. It's okay. It's just drive. There's no kick. And when there is a kick, it's a drive again, and there's no kick. So it's just, it's a little bit weird. I don't really know what they could have done, as you said, because Larry being out changes things, not just as a setup guy, but the thing we talked about is that you mentioned the hero band pick and roll. The thing that's worked all series is the Jimmy Lowry pick and roll because there's just advantages there as we've talked about. They didn't they didn't have an action to really go to. Like you could go to the Jimmy Bam, but they can go under that screen. Uh, the Tyler Jimmy pick and roll is not really a thing you want to go to in that part of the game because you mentioned Tyler's a little loose with the ball. You're not going to make him try to hit the roller. I think you use him as a scorer. Uh, but they just didn't have many options that Kyle trying to change that. But either way, there was just some just some questionable things there that I think we're going to have conversations about all along this playoff run, that there's going to be points when we can talk about having a complete team, complete defense, complete things, but there's going to be points where they don't have a complete closer that you trust with four seconds left down one. And that's just the way it is.
2: All right. We're going to pivot next after the break to the defense because they, they played sublime defense for like an eight minute stretch. But didn't get stops at the end of the game, so I don't want to focus just on the offense here. They gave up too much to Atlanta tonight. Ultimately, uh, we'll talk about that, and also we'll get into the ramifications for the series as a whole. Because I mean, let's just acknowledge it. Whatever you think of the Atlanta Hawks, it's a series now. It's it's two one, and you know that's uh, you know you wanted to be closing this thing out because it looks like Philadelphia may close their thing out before we move forward though i want to tell you about a great sponsor the five reasons sports network our friends over at U break wheel fix the wheel repair refinish and custom wheel specialist they offer the big three of all your car wheel needs with over 20 years of experience they're based for now in north miami they're going to be moving to a bigger facility but right now they're at biscayne and northeast 146th street you can find them on instagram and facebook at U break wheel fix that's the letter U break wheel fix or you break They can do the custom wheels for you with your fave, all your favorite brands. And they offer no credit check financing up to five grand for a new set of wheels. As I always say, mention five reasons. You will get a discount. The phone number is three Oh five, seven, four, eight zero one, one, two. That's three Oh five, seven, four, eight zero one, one, two. You break wheel Say hello to Mark and everybody down there. And again, get yourself a discount changing the way that you see wheels. Let's get to the defense guys, because look, they were down in this game and then they just, I mean, full clamps there, um, you know, Tucker and Bam in particular defense. And that's why I don't want to, you know, get into like the whole thing again about whether Bam is getting over COVID. Or not. I mean, defensively he looks great. So I, you know, it's, it's just, it's just aggressiveness and, you know, usage on offense at this point. Um but the two of them were, were unbelievable. I mean, P.J. Tucker on Trey Young tonight was outrageous. Uh, but they couldn't get stops at the end. I mean, that they had their core group out there. I mean, I thought Max played pretty good defense for most of the game, too. There was the one kind of, you know, he's going to get foul calls on him when he's guarding Trey. I mean, it's just going to happen. There was the one cheap call down by the right sideline uh, that didn't look like a foul at all to me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com, slash Miami Heat.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor, you are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port Chicago, Illinois. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: But Trey's going to get some of those. But look, they did the number on Trey again. Like, he didn't hurt them. Bogdanovich hurt them. DeLon Wright hurt them at times during the game tonight. Um, you know, if you were to say nothing from very little from Trey, you know, from a field goal. We have five field goals, I think. John Collins didn't give him anything offensively uh, and they still, what did they end up with? 109, 111. I haven't checked the final score. So, I mean, th- they scored enough to win this game. What, what, what went on? We'll go to you first in this break. What went on defensively down the stretch of the game?
0: Well, I want to say that like, it should be said that a loss shouldn't change the fact that there are good things that can happen. Like if Trey Young misses that floater, we're sitting here talking about how great their defense was in this game. Because it was B.J. Tucker, I, I had that one play in my mind where Trey Young just keeps trying to cross him, and he's just staying there, and he keeps turning his body because his feet are just so quick for his size that he did a good job. on Bam sent that one double that ended up he go for it and went out of bounds and ended up staying with them. But there was good moments they had on Trey Young. The one thing I said on yesterday's floor is yours, and, and today's before floor was that if Atlanta won this game in Game Three, it wasn't going to be because Trey Young had 40 or he had a big game. It was going to be because the shooters collectively played well. And that's what happened here. Like they have to deal with Trey young so much. He still puts so much pressure on your defense that a Bogdanovich can go four of nine from three and seven of 17 from the field, which I thought he controlled things well, where he was getting to, if he had Tyler on his back, he was able to get in the post and kind of, he had that one bank shot early. They had Hunter who had, I think of that face up he had early where he was just pulling it. Like they were not, it wasn't even like in my head at halftime, when I looked at the stat sheet, I was like, they have to be out shooting them crazily from three. They weren't. I think they had like five threes made at the half. But it was just because they were kind of controlling the mid-range in general that they, it wasn't just the three ball. But particularly late, I don't even think they did a terrible job. That one run they had wasn't exactly late. But that one, I think it was 21-7 to seven run they went on. It's just it's just the way it is. Like There was a plenty of those shots. The one Bogdanovich, three, bams in his face. The other one, I think it was Bogdanovich as well. Jimmy jumped out at him they're just tough shots that guys are hitting. If you're not able to match it, there's second rate offense in the league this season for a reason. Like just because they struggled in the first two games doesn't really mean much, but uh, I think they did a good job on Trey young. I think they need to clean some stuff up on rotations and just closeouts in general, because there were some moments there. I think of the one where Tyler and Bam flew out to the same guy on the left wing uh, and ended up in a corner three, like that type of stuff just can't happen specifically if, you, if you're this good of a defense.
2: I mean, nobody's really getting hunted. I mean, they're they're not. I mean, they're they're protecting guys for the most part. There doesn't. I mean, again, Shrews is held up. I you know. I mean, defensive rating is a flawed stat, but he came into the game with the best defensive rating on the team through two games, and 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 I thought he was fine tonight. I thought Duncan struggled defensively at times, and we didn't see a lot of Duncan in the second half, and they, and they went to Martin for a little bit. But uh, you know, I mean, I Greg, I, I think that that's the one positive takeaway tonight is that. They showed again that they, they can, when they lock in defensively, you're not scoring against them. Um, and, and, I, and I believe if, if Kyle finishes this game, they win this game. But I don't want to look past the, what actually happened uh, in reality, but, but defensively, Greg, they were fine.
3: Yeah, and it was really spearheaded by that stretch in the third quarter because if you look at the percentages, the way that Atlanta finished the game, um they had been below 30% three point shooting in the first two i think the first game may have been like 27% from 3 and uh, they got up around 37 38 tonight which would basically lead the league so they you know they got that right and then they shot over 50% as well so while they had that stretch where they created the heat created separation in the third quarter I think that then you saw Trey, you know, get a few easy buckets, not easy buckets, but that floater, et cetera, where he's now six of 14 for the game. It doesn't look as bad as some of the other shooting nights that he's had. So it's just funny how um, these lightning in a bottle, quick stretches, you know, that 21 to seven run that Brady alluded to earlier, kind of made the defense not look as good as it did for spurts in the third quarter. And I think like, Ethan, you touched on this, like that the heat likely wouldn't have squandered that lead had Kyle been on the floor and I couldn't agree more. Like that's the kind of thing where Kyle getting to settle them down and getting them into offense is something that they just didn't have. And I think that as we look forward to Sunday in game four and and going forward, Kyle's availability in the short term is going to be something that we're really going to need to watch because if he's not available, it changes the math on this series in terms of what Miami's going to do offensively because of just like when the avalanche of threes come or the runs happen, how do you get the team settled? Who does that? Who is the quarterback, et cetera. And
2: that's why I said before the game, don't play with your food because you, you don't want to end up in a situation here where you got to play more games than you need to. And now all of a sudden you've got an adjustment that you got to make that potentially, it's a critical adjustment. You're, you're playing in less than 48 hours now. And you know, this is, you know, instead of a situation where you're up 3-0 and you basically could have told Kyle, take it off uh, regardless, you know, and we'll, we'll we'll deal with it Uh, now. You need a different plan. We're going to talk about what that plan might be. If Kyle's out and we don't have information that he's out, he was back on the bench. Our information is that the injury is not serious, but you don't know. He's in his mid thirties. You don't know what swells overnight. Um, We believe it's an ankle. They, they describe it as a leg injury but we'll uh wait i just we'll, want to I, I just want to
0: cut you off and say that spo said after the game that all we know right now is that it's a hamstring and i do not, not know the severity of it we will find out more tomorrow
3: so wow it's a hammy okay well that's a different situation and we've seen that's much more delicate Ethan. like a re-injury on a hamstring can yep. happen so quickly so they're going to be careful here so, All right, so let's discuss it what, what
2: are they going to do next all right, before we do we want to tell you about another great sponsor the five reasons sports network brady's appearance is here on five on the floor, sponsored by our friend Eric Rubenstein. You can find him on Instagram at Ask About Me I Got You. That's Ask About Me I Got You. He's a personal injury attorney it's from down here in South Florida. Went to Saint Thomas University. If you've got a slip and fall, if you got a car accident, medical malpractice, he can handle all that stuff for you. He's got again more on his IG page, uh, which explains the kind of work that he does. Eric also a huge Miami sports fan, um, and, and like I said, just check out the IG page. Uh, because it's entertaining, but he works really, really hard uh, for his clients. He grew up in a personal injury law family. The law office, again, of Eric Matthew Rubenstein specializes in personal injury law, car accidents, slip and falls, medical malpractice, and more. You can reach out to him at 954-829-ERIC. That's 954-829-ERIC, E-R-I-C, not spelled like the Spolster way, but E-R-I-C. Or again, at Ask About Me, I Got You on Instagram. I love it because Eric, <laughs> Eric was, Eric's told me what his position was. He, he quantifies himself as a stretch four, uh, which uh, he's built a little bit like PJ Tucker. So uh, I'll, I'll get into that with Eric the next time that I see him. Um, all right. So what next? I mean, it's a series, you know, I don't, I don't know that it's a particularly stressful situation because you still got a one game lead. You still got games five and seven coming back home, but you do have Philadelphia on the other side of the bracket at three and zero. Oh. In their series against Toronto, they have they're dealing with their own injury now in Embiid, which looks like a pain management issue, but you never know how that's going to work. Um, but let, let's just let's look at it this way, Brady. Let's say Lowry can't go on Sunday. The The default move has been to play Gabe Vincent as a starter. I, I would anticipate that would stay the same. Does that mean we're going to see Victor Oladipo?
0: I think it does. And I haven't been one of the people that's kind of been on that wave of saying that that would be next up specifically, uh, because I thought Caleb Hard would be playing in this rotation, fully healthy before the series. But I think a lot of the things we saw in this game without Kyle Lowry is that they need an extra creative. And I, and Victor Oladipo can provide that. I think the other day at practice, Eric Spolster just said there's going to be positions where Oladipo and Morris can be used. And I think that's true. And I think this is that instance. I don't think, uh Oladipo's shown that he could drop forty; that he, it is not a problem with him as a player. We've talked about it; that it's more of a fit thing. They have enough creators; they, the role players fit in well with the guys they have around them. But when, when you're, when you're without Kyle Lowry, that changes the equation a lot. That I think Gabe kind of plugs in there. I think they probably roll Tyler Depot. Uh, maybe if they want to go a little bit more defense, maybe they go Caleb over Duncan, as we saw a little bit tonight for a quick stretch. They end up bringing Duncan back in anyway. But I think that would be interesting because I, I really, I know it's early, but it, I can't see Larry playing Sunday, if I could be completely honest, in my opinion, just because that's the way hamstrings are. Like, it's just hard. I know he's going to push the play, but with a hamstring just hop right back into a game four, it's just hard to see that. And I think you're also unwilling to totally make that push when you have a guy in Victor Oladipo, a former all-star, number two overall pick, that's sitting there, that's waiting to be used. I think he can be useful, but then – Uh, not to look too far ahead, but I know what's going to happen. If that does happen, he has a big game and then it's all rotation talk all over again. But either way, I I do think that's kind of the next man up.
2: I mean, the fans want it, Greg, not that that's the reason they're going to do it, but I mean, this is why you were getting him ready, right? Like, I mean,
3: that's true. I, I still don't know that Lowry being out is going to mean that Oladipo slides in and maybe I'll be totally wrong, but I just don't know that that's the guy that replicates anything that Kyle does. So I think they're going to have to get more creative than that. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll just transfer the ball handling and facilitating duties to others, get Depot on the ball more and do things that way. But I, I think that this is something where you kind of got to band-aid it for now. And it's going to mean more Jimmy and Tyler handling. And maybe that'll be a good thing for Tyler because he, he looked better tonight, sharper tonight in certain respects, Um, And I agree with Brady, like, this is the thing. Uh, The early indications, the text message I got was, you know, that they don't think it's serious. But that's the thing with these hamstrings. It's like, you don't know how you wake up tomorrow and you don't know how it responds the minute you start running full speed or something like that. So like, while not being serious now, it doesn't mean that I think he'll be necessarily ready to go Sunday and they're going to be cautious because of the risk of re-injury is kind of how I'm absorbing that with no Intel further than what we got during the broadcast.
2: Well, the one positive here is they, they, they had a significant winning record with Gabe Vincent as a starter this year. So they have played this way. They've played without Kyle. The problems without Kyle have not been starts to games. Uh, they've, they've been the closes of games that that's really the issue. Like Gabe starting is fine. They'll be fine with Gabe as a starter. The problem is how you get through the final four to five minutes, because if you don't, if you're not going to have Gabe playing those minutes, that means again, we're going to have this same conversation. If the game is close about Jimmy or Tyler at the end and who has the ball and who doesn't. And it still feels to me in a lot of ways as much as there's been improvement and as much as we've talked about, you know, the Jimmy Tyler pick and roll and all the rest of this stuff that they're taking turns in those situations. It's not fluid. It's one or the other. Uh, And and I think for heat fans liking, it's maybe too much Jimmy, but they've got to figure if they're going to win a championship this year for all the other stuff we've talked about, this has been issue. Number one, they have to figure out a way to close these games And they have not been able to do it without Kyle Lowry this year. Even if Kyle's not handling, it's just his presence on the floor as a release valve, as someone to settle them when he's not there. It's like it's just like everybody's running free or they actually they're standing alone free. Okay, is what they're doing. And it just there's no rhythm to it. There's no there's no functionality to it. And we saw that again tonight. So it's the close of the game I'm concerned about. It's not the start. I do think we're going to see Vic. I think we're going to see Vic um, for, if if, again, if Kyle doesn't start for small parts of the game, probably when Jimmy's not in, it's not because they don't like each other, it's just because of duplication. I think you'll see Vic in there maybe with Tyler to create some actions and take some of the burden off of Tyler. I don't think you'll see Vic at the end of the game. The end of the game, they're going to have to solve this. (laughs) Jimmy and Tyler, they have to solve it i have given up on BAM being a part of this at the end. It's just until I see it consistently, it's just, it's just yeah. not this series. It's, it's not happening. It's just not, it's just not happening. And I know we wanted it to happen, but it's just, it's just not happening. All right. Thanks to our sponsors, you com cpt-florida.com. Our friend Eric Rubenstein. Find them at Ask About Me. I got you. Uh, we'll do some kind of an episode on Saturday leading into Sunday. Also, we do have a watch party. We're not canceling it. Um, I know this is going to upset people. It's a quarter deck and Davey on Sunday night. We'll be out there starting at about six 30.
3: So, I mean, <laughs> it's not our Just fault. Blame me. all of our listeners. Yes. I know you saw me on Twitter being very sarcastic tonight. <laughs> blame me. Don't blame Ethan. No jinx BS. Come yeah. to me. Uh, <laughs> it's okay. I can take it. There you go. All right. We got the guts. All right. Have a good night, everybody.
4: Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.